0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Karen Brown with Dr. Allie Brown today. Dr. Michelle Owens is out. And our subject today, meditation. That's what's on our minds. Clinical psychologist Dr. Megan Clapton is a specialist in meditation and mindfulness and will tell us how the two relate to our health. Get ready with your questions and call 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We're talking about meditation and mindfulness today. Make those phone calls, and we'll be back to introduce our special guest after news from NPR here on MPB Think Radio.
1: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. Come on, everybody. Let's do our little chant. Hillary, Hillary. President Obama rallying a crowd of Hillary Clinton supporters in the key state of Ohio today. In Cleveland, the president again touted the Democratic presidential nominee's longtime political record. You want to know what somebody's going to do? Look what they've been doing their whole lives. And if you want a leader who actually values hard work and respects working Americans, if you want higher wages and better benefits and a fair tax code and equal pay for women and stronger regulations on Wall Street, then you should vote for Hillary Clinton. Clinton is attending a fundraiser in Seattle today. Donald Trump is continuing to deny allegations from multiple women that he forcibly groped them against their will. He's calling the claims a plot against the American people and a media conspiracy. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry will meet with his Russian counterpart in Switzerland this weekend. The leaders will resume efforts to find a diplomatic solution to the war in Syria. Charles Maines reports from Moscow.
2: Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said he was heading to the talks with no new initiatives for Kerry. The conditions for a ceasefire in Syria had already been laid out at the U.N., insisted Lavrov. It was simply up to the U.S. and its Western partners to live up to their end of the agreement. According to Russia, that means separating Syria's moderate opposition from terrorist groups operating on the ground. Without that in place, Lavrov also rejected new U.S.-backed proposals to halt intense Russian and Syrian government bombing of the city of Aleppo as merely an attempt to, quote, shield terrorists. Lavrov's words came as Russian president. Vladimir Putin formally ratified an agreement to establish a permanent Russian air base in Syria. Moscow is also calling on countries to not supply anti-aircraft missiles to Syrian rebel groups, warning Russian forces would respond to any aggression. For NPR News, I'm Charles Maines in Moscow.
1: Nigeria's vice president says there was no prisoner swap with Boko Haram insurgents for the release of 21 missing Chibok schoolgirls. NPR's Ophelia Questarkton reports.
0: The Nigerian vice president, Yemi Osimbanjo, says the government was prepared to consider all options to find a way to free scores of missing Chibok schoolgirls. The vice president says no detained commanders of the extremist group were traded for the girls' release.
3: There were absolutely no, um, ex- no, no exchange of, of any kind, you know, and um, certainly... Any news or stories about four or one or two or three or four commanders is entirely untrue. No such thing took place.
0: Latest reports say efforts are continuing to try to negotiate the release of the remaining 197 Chibok schoolgirls who are still missing. Ofebja Kustak, NPR News, Harare.
1: On Wall Street, the Dow was up 74 points, the Nasdaq up 7. This is NPR. Former Portuguese Prime Minister António Guterres will become the new U.N. Secretary General come January 1st. He'll succeed current U.N. leader Ban Ki-moon, who will leave his post after a decade on the job. Linda Fisulo reports the U.N. Security Council unanimously recommended the Assembly appoint him as the U.N.'s ninth secretary general.
0: Upon election, Guterres told the General Assembly that he would work as a mediator, bridge builder and honest broker in finding solutions and that the war in Syria would be a top priority. He also pledged to promote U.N. reform, gender equality, and human rights. The Secretary-General-designate was U.N. Refugee Chief for 10 years until 2015 and has wide experience with crises worldwide. U.S. Ambassador Samantha Power says Guterres has a passion for using his office as an independent force to prevent conflict and alleviate suffering. Whom he will appoint to the highest U.N. posts is already an issue of great interest among major powers. For PR News, I'm Linda Fasulo in... New York.
1: Northern Syria is continuing to see deadly attacks. At least 15 people were killed and dozens were wounded in a car bombing near the Turkish border yesterday. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights says most of the dead were free Syrian army fighters. The observatory says a number of the wounded are in critical condition. Parts of Aleppo have seen an increase in fierce aerial assaults from the Syrian and Russian air forces. Stocks are continuing to trade higher on Wall Street. The Dow was up 67 points, the Nasdaq up 7, the S&P up 3. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Zillow.
2: Recognizing home means something different to everyone. Users can discover millions of homes for sale and rent, from a modern apartment in the city to a historic home in the suburbs. Zillow, find your way home.
4: Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio.
4: You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: This is Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown and Dr. Allie Brown. You got to move over one seat. That's right. It's (laughs) like the bears in the bed jumping off. You're filling in for Dr. Michelle Owens, who's out today, but she's going to call in, as I understand. We are talking today about meditation and mindfulness. And if mindfulness sounds new to you, well... It sounds new to me too. <laughs> I have a lot of questions myself. If you have a question as we move along, the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. And we welcome our special guest today. She is a clinical psychologist and a specialist in meditation and mindfulness, Dr. Megan Clapton. Good morning. Thanks so much for coming in. Good
5: morning. Thank you for having me. I'm well, excited to be. Here. Here and talk about meditation. Good.
0: Well, we always start by asking our guests about themselves. Tell us about yourself.
5: Well, I'm a native, uh, seventh generation Mississippian.
0: Seven generations. Yes. How far back does that go?
5: Uh, very far back. Seven. <laughs> can't I can't do the math on that one. Um, but I. Uh, I am a meditation psychologist, so I use meditation for um, some of my patients that I see. Um, But I started doing meditation in college. Um, I learned a little bit. I studied philosophy and religious studies um, as a bachelor's degree and learned a lot about different cultures and different religions, um, and they all have a contemplative practice of some kind throughout history. So, um, But really, I came to understand meditation on a deep level when my life fell apart. And I was 27 years old and finished school, got my master's in clinical psychology, um, was seeing patients, uh, got happily getting married. Um, Then we went on a honeymoon and I got a terrible uh, tropical parasite. Oh. So my husband and I had to... Deal with some sickness early on in our marriage. Um, he was sick too. We had about a year of just uh, trying to figure out what was going on.
0: We had and being a, really sick during that whole year.
5: Really sick during that whole year. I had to um, quit my practice. I had to move home. Uh, I was living in South Carolina and moved back to Mississippi. Um, and was just at had to surrender to the medical. Um, field tip for help. We did not know what it was. Uh, lots of pathology involved. Um, really just. Doctor you know, Brown, were you
0: involved with that pathology? Oh, not that
5: I know of. But <laughs> we needed would to prevent you. me to
2: uh, <laughs> disclose.
5: Um, so we spent about a year trying to figure out what was wrong with us. A lot of people go to the tropics, Mexico, and get kind of a GI sickness, and we kind of thought that was just what we were dealing with and couldn't get better. But on my year anniversary, I found out I was in acute kidney failure. i um, 28 years old, had my whole life in front of me, um, and, you know, we were planning on having a family and um, all of those wonderful things, those hopes that you have when you're young and sure. getting married. Um, so I had to go into intensive treatment to save my kidneys. Um, that involved a lot of high dose steroids if anyone's taken prednisone before they know it's a wonderful drug but it can also wreck your whole body Um, so I took about a year of just being in a hospital at Mayo Clinic here in uh, Jackson at UMC um, just giving me a lot of medicine and they said well you have to just wait and see if you get better Um, during that time when you take prednisone you Gain a lot of weight. I gained probably 85 pounds in two wow. weeks. Two weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole body just shut down.
0: How did your body handle 85 pounds in two weeks?
5: It Not very well. <laughs> it was not a pretty process. It um, just wrecked me. It wrecked my whole, the whole identity of myself, of who I thought I was, um, of what I thought my life was going to be like. Um, even you know, having an experience of being young and not recognizing yourself in the mirror mm. is a very powerful thing for a young person to go through, um, was very, very sick. Uh, and I remember lying in bed one night, helpless, hopeless, um, and feeling that my bones were breaking inside. And my doctor thought that was so strange. And about um, my on my second wedding anniversary, I had to have a hip replacement because the prednisone eats away at your bones I'm oh. sure dr. Brown can explain that mm. a little bit better but um, you know incredible pain um, six months later I had another hip replacement um, and then my kidney started to get better just out of sheer will and miracles and grace of God um, but during that time I had a lot of chronic pain and I had studied about meditation um, historically and uh, through the academic process, but I really learned my first um, my first start in meditation was in an MRI machine. If you are in an MRI machine for a long time and you have nothing to do, um, I just decided maybe I can control how I feel. I'm stuck in this little tube, it's very loud, um, and I started just deep breathing and really learning how to settle my body down. Um, and I noticed that that helped me so much in such an uncontrollable situation that you can have control of how you are breathing. You can control how you're feeling
0: in that moment. So, long story. That's a good place to start is an MRI machine. They're awful. I well, mean, just it, being just in involved
2: of- in the healthcare system and being so out of control, anyone that has had. I mean, even an acute illness, but certainly a chronic illness or has witnessed someone going through some sort of chronic illness, you're really at the mercy of others for appointments, waiting for things, what they say should be done. And it's very easy. And I think it's natural to feel very out of control. So what you were just saying about being able to channel in and to control what you can control, I think that that's really important.
0: What you just said and the story you just told is yes. is remarkable. I've never heard anything that sounds that awful. Tell me, um, before we go to our first phone call, did um, do you still have pain? I do. I have a lot of chronic pain.
5: I have um, permanent damage from uh, the steroids. Um, I have a vascular necrosis, which is kind of a um, breaking up of your bone and joint so I will have definitely some more surgeries in my future but right now I'm able to maintain and cope with this chronic pain through really formal meditation Um, I think everybody understands suffering whether it's uh, personal emotional suffering or physical suffering and sometimes they are at the same time um, and feeling totally hopeless and helpless and other than just getting pain medication, you know, I felt like, what else could I do? Um, I, was, I had nothing to do. I was unemployed. I, of course, couldn't work in the hospital. And I thought, if I can control how I feel today, that's something I can hold on to. And that started to really give me hope and, and help me break down the fear that I had as a young person um, being so sick and not knowing the future.
0: And, you know, just a few weeks ago, or maybe it's a month ago, we talked about opioid addiction and looking for other ways to treat chronic pain. So it sounds like this is right up our, a lot of our listeners alley. But we're going to go to the phone now because Michael, who's on the road, actually meditates. Is that right, Michael?
6: Yes, I'm on the road. And uh, thank you for uh, for your program. The uh, meditation and mindfulness uh, has helped me considerably with... Uh, and my sobriety—I'm seven years sober now.
2: Congratulations! And,
6: um, yeah, and it's—it's uh, it's been a wonderful tool. Uh, you know, we have something like sixty-seven thousand thoughts uh, a day, and all those thoughts are, are not us. I mean, they're not—you uh, know—they're not. Some of them are not good, and um, so your desire to drink is, is quite often. Uh, can be part of part of those thoughts. It's like a it's like a desire. I need to do this. I need to do that. And uh, mindfulness meditation just uh, helps us center ourselves to be able to uh, observe those thoughts and knowing that they're they're not us. You're, you're where you where you are is where your center is. And uh, so I just wanted I wanted to add that it's been very helpful in my addiction, and uh, I think to help other people with their addictions.
2: Thank you for sharing that, Michael. And again, congratulations on your journey. And it's true, those negative thoughts are just passing through, right? I mean, it's it's hard not to sometimes, but it's difficult not to let them define you.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, thank you for sharing your story. There is a lot of research coming out about um, mindfulness and meditation with relapse prevention. And um, mindfulness is such a great way to detach from those thoughts, those feelings that um, Michael said it wonderfully, that we are not our thoughts and we are not our feelings there are things that come through us and how to cope with that Um, we have to learn how to do that at different stages of our life different coping strategies And, and mindfulness is a wonderful way that anyone can practice letting go
0: michael thank you so much for your call we really appreciate it if you'd like to call into the program, the number is one eight seven seven MPB. Ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline org. Now, is that true? Sixty seven thousand thoughts a day? Gosh, I haven't counted, but <laughs> I, I trust <laughs> I, Michael. Michael, I trust you. I that trust that's what-
5: you too. That um, you know, I always say that I, I see a lot of patients that have anxiety and depression, and and they come in and I. I feel like they're just giant heads and they are just living in their heads and living in their thoughts and having that constant stream of thinking. And we are inundated in our culture with constant information, constant availability at any time we can be interrupted with a phone call or a text message Um, So I really like to use meditation as a retreat from all that and a slowing down of that river of thoughts.
0: What is the difference between meditation and mindfulness?
5: Good question. Mindfulness is a great adjective and it's a buzzword right now. um, And it basically just means paying attention on purpose. So having uh, anchored in the moment of here and now. Um, so meditation is a practice that is um, a contemplative individual practice so if you put those together it's just using a contemplative practice to be right where we are and I have a lot of people that come and say oh well I need to start meditating but I have to get the right cushion or Mm -hmm. I have to get you know the right environment and we come up with ideas and things that we need to do and meditation. You can start right now.
0: And I do picture sitting by a waterfall.
5: (laughs) That'd be nice. And you can picture, you know, that's a wonderful example of, um, using visualization Mm -hmm. for meditation that you can be at that waterfall right here in the studio. If you close your mind and kind of activate your five senses to thinking about what that would be like to be near a waterfall
0: for our listeners. What, How do you meditate? If you can do it wherever you are, what do you do? Oh, wait, before... Before we get the answer, I do need to take a break. I forgot about the clock. <laughs> I'm so fascinated. That, that, that's a sign when Karen Brown forgets about the
2: clock. She's on it. She's, she's very interested in the moment. Yeah, We do have
0: to take a break, and we welcome your questions at 1-877-MPB-RING, one 877 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
6: Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, offering online master's degrees in elementary education, higher education, and early childhood education. Your master's degree can be earned online in as little as one to two years. More information at education.olemiss.edu. Coming up this week on MPB's at issue,
2: charter schools. The charter school is given more freedom to design their program in exchange for more accountability.
6: They're funded by state tax dollars that public school districts receive each year.
2: They're they're in it for the right reasons.
6: But some believe giving public money to charter schools is unconstitutional. We need to think about how to become partners rather than trying
2: to fight one another.
6: We'll take a closer look at charter schools on At Issue this Friday at 7:30 p.m. on MPB TV.
2: To listen to stories and shows,
4: go to mpbonline.org. You are listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown. And our special guest today is a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, Dr. Megan Clapton, who is a specialist in meditation and mindfulness, and that's what we're talking about today. But we're going to go back to the phone. Karen calling from Bay Springs. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hey, Karen. What's your
2: question?
0: What's your question, Karen? Uh,
7: Yes. After a, a year of treatment, how were you finally diagnosed with
5: parasites and how were they able to treat that? Um, thank you for your question, Karen. Um, I had to go to many different hospitals and ended up at the Mayo Clinic um, and had a team of specialists uh, that came up with um, a protocol, treatment protocol for me that included the steroids that I had talked about. Um, I, the medicine eventually worked um, and I have I'm healthy today. Um, I do have some lingering effects from the prednisone, of course. So um, I, I'm always constantly checking in on my health and how I'm doing just personally and also with physicians. But it was a long road and a hopeless, dark road at the time. And I had some wonderful physicians and nurses that really went the extra mile to um, ask questions that others didn't um if, and I'm not sure if that uh, answered your well, question. Well, I, I, we were
0: saying off air that that you never found out what the parasite right. was. Right, we never
5: identified it. It was sent off to different international labs. Other people that um, stayed at the place that we stayed at were sick as well, so they never actually identified it.
0: Just identified all the damage that it did. Can you tell us the resort so none of us? <laughs> 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 uh, probably <That's> not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank, Karen, thank you for your call, Karen. Appreciate it. Oh, excuse Oops, me. I cut her off. Oh, I'm not doing well today. My <laughs> timing is really off. <laughs> I apologize to you, Karen. Um, tell us you were starting to talk about meditation, how you can do it wherever you are. You know, uh,
5: especially if, uh, for the state that we live in, in Mississippi, um, there's so many people that don't have direct access to mental health care providers, um, pain clinics, and anyone can practice meditation starting today. You don't need any special cushion. You don't need a special uh, tape to listen to. You can start just by sitting quietly and noticing your thoughts. Um, It's free. You don't have to have a prescription for it. Um, There's no wrong way to do it. You just start. And it's just about anchoring in the present moment. I love to go outside, and we have beautiful weather right now. So one of the first steps in just practicing mindfulness is just going outside and looking at what's in front of you, all the beauty, listening to the sounds. Um, We do a five senses check-in in mindfulness. So it's what are you hearing and listing all the things that you're hearing. What do you smell? Is there a taste? what is the touch? You know, can you feel the cushion of the chair against your legs? Can you feel the breeze against your skin? Um, And then what do you see in front of you? Uh, So many people that have anxiety worry about the future, or people with depression worry about the past and what we should have done or what we should do. And I think mindfulness and practicing meditation is a wonderful anecdote for that because it is in the here and now. And that's the only thing we can control right now.
2: Yeah, I like that it's not about stopping those thoughts. You know, it it can be impossible to, to Stop thinking about what will happen in the future, what happened in the past. And sometimes it's appropriate to think about those things. But it's not surrendering yourself to those thoughts and just sort of observing that those thoughts are happening and and reflecting on it, but not letting them control you.
5: Right. There's a wonderful image that um, people use in meditation of our mind is like a river and thoughts come in like leaves and they, we just watch those thoughts flow through our mind because they can come in and they can come out, and we don't have to cling to them. Mm-hmm. We don't have to choose to pick that to worry about today.
0: Do people have, or do they lean towards different senses? You know, if, if do I hear, because I think listening is a big part of of my senses. But does somebody else f- focus more on seeing or I, I tasting? I think you
5: find what works for you. Um, Some people do an eating meditation, which is taking, you know, um, there's an exercise called mindful eating and you take an orange and uh, you practice beginner's mind. Beginner's mind is seeing something for the first time and you can practice eating an orange and it sounds silly and you might you have to let go of that Um, and tasting the orange for the first time, really spending time with what's in front of you. So you can do just a taste meditation if you need to. you can do just sight or sound. some people listen to classical music to unwind that can be a meditation if the intention is there
0: you know you said feel the feel the cushion against your legs or the and the thoughts come in and the thoughts go out when the thoughts don't go out I mean is that <laughs> you know if we're supposed to relax and take it easy then you don't want to work too hard right to to get negative thoughts out of your head so how do you do that?
5: Good question. I think that
0: everybody struggles with
5: that. And that's part of it. Meditation isn't just stopping and clearing your head. It's very hard to do that. It takes years and years and years of practice. Um, And meditation is like an exercise. It exercises that area of your brain. Um, So I think sitting quietly is a good start. And if you have thoughts, that might be something to take note of. Okay, I am keep having anxious thoughts when I do this. I wonder why. And really kind of being an observer. Meditation is taking an observer role to your thoughts and feelings in your body. Um, it's sort of that unattaching.
2: And maybe you don't even realize you're having those thoughts. You know, it just seems like the background noise or something like that. And, and what you just said sounds really important that you shouldn't expect to sit down for your first time and then your problems are all solved and you're not having negative thoughts, that it is something that takes practice and time. I mean, you wouldn't train for
5: a marathon by going and running
2: 26 miles. You
5: would start with half a mile. And so I always, when my patients come and want to start a meditation practice, I say two minutes, three minutes for a week every other day. Let's start slow. Mm -hmm. But you can start today. There's not... Any tool or special need for meditation other than an open mind and not judging the process.
0: If you're looking for comfort, if you're in a stressed stressed sense of being and can you go like if I'm really stressed out, I try and think about something from my past that was very comforting. Is that okay to do that or is that not meditation?
5: Well, meditation is about just being in the moment, um, but that's a great coping skill is going in um with children we do guided meditations which is a more visual imaginary um so with a child i would say imagine your safe place what does it feel like to be there um is it in your bed with blankets on you is it um smelling food that your mother has cooked that you love is it something comforting so engaging in those senses but not clinging to the past part of it more of an environmental experiential process
0: you practice this, don't you, Doctor Brown?
2: I I I try. I do. I use an app on my phone that actually Megan told me about a meditation app. Yes, really, it's, it's a mindfulness app, and it's a guided meditation, which means someone is kind of talking you through it about how to relax and how to clear your mind, and that the thoughts are okay, and just to observe them. And the guided meditations come in three minutes, five minutes, twenty minutes, forty minutes. You know, so you can uh, build up to it. I, I find it very you know i'm i think like many women and men too but i think this is especially inherent in women i'm thinking of a thousand things at any one given time and i like that about myself i like to multitask and do lots of things and to be i love to be busy but it is nice to have times when that is not happening and just have kind of that grounding grounding moment where i can just sit for myself cuz doesn't it make you feel kind of nervous to think about not doing something for five minutes? Like exactly. Right. (laughs) But this is allowing yourself to do nothing, but reflect on yourself for five minutes. And you can start with three minutes, five minutes or something. And And how do you know if it's
0: working?
5: How do you know if it's working? Um, I think you can tell after, you know, if you sit for a minute or two, you do have a feeling Mm -hmm. of more calm. And it's a hormonal level. Um, For my dissertation, I studied meditation and its effects on um, women's hormones. So when we are multitasking, um, doing for everyone, our cortisol levels are very high. And cortisol is the stress hormone. And it is responsible for inflammation, a chronic pain it's a lot- cousin of your friend
2: prednisone <laughs> it is yeah,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. um so practicing meditation um we found through many wonderful exciting medical studies that the cortisol levels will reduce and go down and lower um and that helps our estrogen and our estradiol our progesterone you know for women that's so important um and so I think that you know there's so many different things going on, but how do you tell if it's working? Well, where well, there's a problem with that statement because working is clinging to oh, something, yeah, 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 right? right? Right. And um, looking for
0: results, you're not in your mind And there's
5: a goal to get to a finish line. Like I have to
2: feel relaxed. Yeah, this is just a part of life. This almost. Is,
0: Let <laughs> me get the phone number out. It's one eight seven seven M P B ring one eight seven seven six seven two Seven four six four. You can also send an email if you'd like to women at mpbonline.org. We're going to take our second break of the hour. Uh, Feel free to call in with questions, but also if you want to comment, if you've tried meditation or you do currently uh, meditation, meditate. Let us let us know about it, and let us know how it's working for you. So we'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women. Catch
4: up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Scott Beretta, host of Highway
6: 61. Each week on the show, we explore a different aspect of the blues tradition. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m. here on MPB.
7: This long is You know 61 highway.
4: Boo! Ha <laughs> ha ha ha! You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: In case you didn't hear Bill saying the numbers, I'm going to say them again because we welcome your phone calls today as we talk about uh, meditating and mindfulness. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING, one 877 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Again, we're talking about mindfulness and meditation with Dr. Megan Clapton. And just so our listeners know, we talk about all this stuff, you know, during the breaks we're talking off air, and we started talking about, I asked um, Dr. Clapton if you could be driving and not necessarily meditating, but but being mindful. Tell us about that, driving or doing something where you can, you're sort of in a monotonous atmosphere. Sure. You know, we do so many things on autopilot.
5: Um, I know many people can relate to this when you're driving into your driveway at home and think, oh... Which way did I go, and what did I see, and was there? Did I stop at that stoplight? Um, and that is we hope so. <laughs> right. Um, so, I think practicing mindfulness is maybe turning the radio off, putting the windows down, just being aware of your environment, seeing what's in front of you, slowing down your thoughts. Um, Like we talked about multitasking, that is such a wonderful skill that we have, but it also can be um, detrimental to us. And that's why we should have a few minutes a day where we are not doing anything. There's um, a Zen phrase that says we are human beings, not human doings. And I think that we judge ourselves so much by what we do every day, um, especially with women. Have we done enough? Have we done Things for someone else. What so, do I have to do tomorrow? <laughs> you know, <like> keep, yeah, <laughs> keep planning it, right? And if we could just have five minutes a day, just of not doing anything, and that's okay, and and that's how we take care of ourselves, practicing compassion um, on ourselves, and just giving ourselves a break for five minutes, is is a good anecdote to all the multitasking.
0: Because. I just wrote that down. We are human beings, not human doings. I like that. Back to the phones we go. Matt calling in from Jackson. Hi, Matt.
3: Hi, Karen. How are you? Great.
0: Thank you. How are you?
5: Terrific.
0: Oh, you must chat. meditate. <laughs> Sound very happy.
3: Actually, I do and have uh, a number of years. Great. Tell us about
2: your experience.
3: Well, uh, I I've, my experience tracks a lot of what, what y'all have been talking about and I have uh, taught uh, or led some group meditations and, and tried to help beginners into practice. And one thing that I found helps people, newcomers, access meditation is, a, is these apps you can download for binaural meditation. That send uh, it sounds like ocean waves, but it sends different frequencies into each ear. You use it with headphones, and it can jumpstart meditation practice for newcomers you um, know
0: matt since i know who you are i know your voice up. you look like somebody who meditates <laughs> and i don't well, know why there isn't necessarily a look but you have it if there was
2: <laughs> he wears well, a flowing white time. outfit and
0: nobody you wear flowing <laughs> shirts don't you oh. i do yeah
3: uh, uh, but uh but guided meditation apps are wonderful uh, uh being mindful of your breath and your feelings is wonderful and uh, it, it helps people with chronic pain. Uh, 20 minutes a week helps people feel less frightened and agitated throughout the week. And for busy professionals, uh, trying to, to, to take 45 seconds as you change tasks during a work day uh, can help you feel more focused and less fatigued and more present throughout the day. Uh, but I've done it with students and professionals and professionals trauma, of folks who have experienced trauma. And I have yet to find anyone who doesn't find it a wonderful experience.
5: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing and spreading the word and, and teaching about meditation. Um, I love that you said something about apps because it's, it's a wonderful language that a lot of younger people use um, yeah. and they can easily open their mind to using an app. And sometimes I need to use an app to have someone tell me breathe in and breathe out um, because I've been that frazzled all day. So I think the apps are a wonderful um, new way to meditate. Um, there's Headspace is an app. I like the mindfulness yeah. app. And the binaural um, is, is really an interesting, I don't know much about that, but I know it's, um, it, it uses brain waves to, um, and sound waves to help relax the brain as well. Is that correct?
3: It, 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 it does. That's exactly what it does. And, and a, you have to use headphones. And you get one sound in one ear and one the other. Uh, it, it, the sounds to you like waves or birds chirping or, or some kind of white background sound. Uh, but it it has a way of, and I, I almost hate to put it this way, but it, it, it kind of jumpstarts the practice for your brain. That can give can you can you can experience some of the benefits uh, almost uh, you know more sooner in your practice and helps people people get motivated and see the benefits. Uh, a lot of folks are frightened of meditation; they think they can't sit still. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I remind everybody that it's it's meditation practice, not. Discovery of existing hidden meditation power. Yes, talent. it is a
0: practice, uh, and an is, exercise. It, it, hidden it meditation is. power. There we go.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not a hidden discovery of your uh, of your longtime talent. And with church groups, some folks are uh, concerned that it's inconsistent with, or how does it, or wonder how it might fit with their prayer life. And it can be uh, uh, easily adapted. For uh, prayer life, there's a practice of uh, breath meditation in most Christian traditions. Um, that's practiced by monastic and other communities. Well, and I think so,
5: the, the Catholic Church, you know, has a wonderful practice of the rosary, and yeah. you can equate that to, um, you know, uh, mala beads in, in 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 Eastern religion cultures, and it's just a tool to um, sit still. And there's a wonderful, um, you know, quote is, sit still and know that I'm God. And that yeah. is a wonderful way to incorporate Christianity and sitting, having a contemplative
0: practice. Matt, thank you so much for your call. We're going to move on to our next phone call. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, now we go on to Mary, who is on the road, driving on the road. Don't, don't drive and try and talk to us, Mary. Pull over.
7: <laughs> okay.
0: How are you doing?
7: I'm good. I'm good. I, my question is, um, I would like to know what is available on the Gulf Coast uh, for adolescent and young teen girls who are suffering from high anxiety and OCD.
2: You mean specifically in regard to meditation? Yes. Do you know any to resources down there? you have any uh, colleagues down um, on the coast, you know, Dr. I,
5: Clapton? I'm, I'm not sure specifically of people that um, – do uh, meditation by psychotherapy down there. That's what I would um research is meditation based psychotherapy. Um of mm-hmm. course a wonderful way to do um meditation and it's wonderful for girls with O C D and anxiety. I see a lot of those in my practice is is starting with yoga because yoga is a body meditation and it is a mind, body, spirit um kind of nourishment that you have to slow down and when you're in those poses you can't think about a lot of other things and it's a good practice to start slowing down so if there is not anyone specifically in your area for meditation-based psychotherapy um, starting at a a yoga place would be a good a good practice for anyone but especially people with anxiety
0: okay thank Thank you you. mary thanks thanks for your call. call And we're going to stay on the phone. Lisa calling in from Tupelo. Good morning, Lisa. Hey,
7: this is Lisa. Um, I was just going to touch base regarding the Catholic practice of the rosary. They also have a practice called Centering Prayer, and you can also find these in the Episcopal churches, too. And it's a meditative-type activity um, for anybody who wants to pursue that, and those churches or even start one in their own church, um, but they, they call it centering prayer, but in essence, it is it's a meditative, contemplative type activity. And um, for anybody who's not afraid to branch out away from the, the Christian uh, religion, there's a meditative center in Batesville that is uh, uh, handled by uh, Buddhist nuns and monks.
5: Magnolia Grove.
7: Meditation. Uh, yes, Magnolia Grove, that's it. <laughs> But they, they, that's what they do. They they teach meditation, too. So I was just going to mention all those things as ways to reach out to other people, to find um, groups, to get
2: assistance, or whatever. Thank you, Lisa. Sure that's, that's great. Yeah, I okay. think that that's important because that, we do have a lot of listeners that are very uh, religious. You know, we live in, you know, the Bible Belt. I used air quotes. But meditation is not something hippie radical that no. is against someone's religion or anything like that. Meditation
5: is a wonderful con- um, complementary uh, practice to my, my Christian beliefs. Um, there are many examples of Jesus in, in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, he, he was doing some meditative prayer and centering prayer. Um, there are so many wonderful resources through religious organizations. It just in Jackson, St. James Episcopal church has a labyrinth and that is a wonderful way to do a walking meditation. A walking meditation is just paying attention to walking in a very slow, deliberate way. And again, using those five senses to kind of plant yourself in the here and now. Um, there's another uh, a, a Christian writer, um, Richard Rohr. He is a monk, a Catholic monk that um, writes and started the Center for Contemplative Action and Prayer. So I highly suggest any books by Richard Rohr. He's a wonderful Christian meditative
0: writer. Uh, kind of guru we're going to take our last break of the hour if you'd like to give us a call you still have time but i would do it now 1-877-MPB-RING 877-672-7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org we'll be right back on southern remedy for women here on mpb think radio
4: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of
0: MPB Think Radio. Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit MPBOnline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo!
4: News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: We are back. Dr. Allie Brown sitting in for Dr. Michelle Owens today. And our special guest is Dr. Megan Clapton. She is a clinical psychologist. We are talking about meditation and mindfulness. And I've wanted to ask you this for the last half hour, but I haven't had a chance. You are in chronic pain or you have chronic pain. I do. When you're meditating and you're supposed to be in the the moment, how do you keep from being in the moment in pain? Do you know what I mean?
5: Absolutely. Um, I think that we have a very um strange relationship with pain in our culture that so many people want to get rid of pain and move away from it and take something so they won't be in pain and um when i had a really intense bone pain from because they were breaking um i had to face the pain and kind of accept it because it wasn't going anywhere um because of different uh, reasons with my kidneys, I couldn't take a lot of uh, pain medication. So I had to really face it and go through it and, and almost befriend my pain, um, which sounds a little crazy, but, you know, we, we run away from it so much that we can't get away from it and we try to cover it. Same with emotional suffering too. We want to cover it. We want to think of distract ourselves, think of different things, take a pill, make it better so we can go on. But I think pain and suffering can be a gift um, and an ugly package, but certainly a gift of So insight. if you feel
0: pain, if you have a, a particular mm-hmm. bout of pain or mm-hmm. a strong bout all of a sudden... Right. Will you meditate
5: then? Absolutely. I'll breathe through it and try to settle my body. Um, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system is kind of um, in charge of how we feel pain. And what pain is, is just a message from our brain saying, don't don't move that way. or Take I your hand to off t- the
0: stove. Right.
5: <laughs> Take your hand off the stove. Um, but I, is that
0: why we breathe through contractions, giving birth? Absolutely.
5: And uh, controlling our breath, you know, meditation starts with the breath. So um, just taking your breath and breathing in and out and accepting the pain and not trying to run from it um, and, and just breathing with
0: it. All right. We have Larry calling in from Jackson. Hi, Larry. Hi. You have a question?
6: Yes. I'd like to ask Dr. Clapton if she uses yoga as a, as a regular practice in her meditation.
5: I do do some yoga. I'm limited as far as um, having my bone and joint issues with a lot of um, yoga practice. But I do some stretches and gentle yoga, chair yoga, because sometimes when you can't calm down your mind or you can't get out of your mind, you can calm down your body. And if you have a calm body, your mind generally tries to calm down as well so when you cannot get out of your head getting into your body and being grounded and feeling and responding to your body is a wonderful practice so i absolutely am a big yoga fan and yes
6: i've I've recently started a yoga class and it's been very helpful not just physically but mentally as well
5: Well, congratulations. I'm so happy for you to start your journey with that.
6: And I go to uh, St. James Episcopal Church, so I appreciate the reference to our labyrinth because it's it's a very unique asset to our church, and we're glad that folks that are not members utilize it for their own spiritual needs.
0: Good. Thank you, Larry, very much for your call. Thanks, Larry.
6: All right. Thank you very much.
0: Now, I do want to give you a chance, Dr. Clapton, to tell us about your practice, because you help people out. I do.
5: I have a, um, I've been in therapy for, or doing therapy for about 10 years. <laughs> that makes it sound like <laughs> <laughs> And therapy as well. Um, and I have done different, I've been in hospitals, I've been in schools, and I really wanted to start my own practice. And so last year, I started my own practice in Ridgeland, it's called Mindful Therapy. And I see um, I see regular people that have anxiety and depression or get overwhelmed with certain situations that happen, um, grief, uh, chronic pain. And I try to help them to establish some kind of contemplative practice, whether it's meditation or centering prayer, but some kind of ritual practice, almost like going to the gym. We go to the gym to exercise our bodies, but we kind of ignore or have a high expectation that we should be happy all the time without doing the work. So having a contemplative practice is just one way we can work on our emotions and exercise that part of ourselves. So um, I really love to find people um, that have different types of coping skills and help to help, uh, make it more mindful for them. Or um, start with someone new that just comes in and says, Mom, I'm overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings, and I don't know what to do. So I try to um, find their language and do a meditative practice. If they're in, We do art workshops um, artist Ginger Cook and I have uh, watercolor meditation classes so you can use um, art music walking exercise anything that you are already doing we try to make it more therapeutic and mindful
0: you mentioned grief and we always hear work your way through grief how I mean, grief is tough. If you're mourning the death of someone. And that could
2: be
5: physically painful, Physically painful. Um, You know, the mind-body connection is so strong. Um, And grief is one of those things that we have to accept it. There's nothing we can do. There's no way to control it. It happens. And we have to sit with those feelings and experience those feelings. And they're scary. Just like pain, physical pain, we don't want to feel upset. We don't want to feel in pain or suffer in any way but when um someone you love is taken from you it it is a huge acceptance that you have to go through and so i think meditation can be kind of um, a grounding sort of coping skill that you can really slow down and think about how you are in that moment and not the overwhelming chasm of grief that's in front of you
0: so when you're if you're grieving that badly and in the moment you said slow down you're you're feeling grief while you're meditating
5: absolutely you feel all the emotions that you need to feel and it's
0: important to do it that it's
5: important to do that um, meditation I think um, people have the wrong idea about it that it's supposed to you're supposed to uh, have a clear thoughts and no emotions and just detach and be just floating in space and that that's pretty impossible to do so accepting the feelings that come as they come, And notice how they make your body feel, how they make you feel about yourself. Taking that observer role to grief sometimes can be very powerful. And notice that they do come and go. And they do come and go, absolutely. That we are not always stuck in one thought. We're not stuck in one feeling.
0: Although it seems that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about trauma from your past? Is that a different way to... How Freudian of you, Karen. I'm just trying to think of all the angles. <laughs> i <I'm> just kidding.
5: <laughs> um, you know, I hate to say meditation is a cure-all. Of course, it's not going to cure your feelings, but it's going to help you develop a better relationship with your emotional side. It's going to help you take things um, and detach from them. So when you have trauma from your past, um, it's important to work through that, But also I think meditation can be a nice island from that, that you can go and just be where you are and not attach so much to um, the identity of what happened to you.
0: I just think it's fascinating going back to the pain aspect, Mm -hmm. physical pain. And you're saying recognize it,
5: recognize it, it's there, it's It's not trying to run from it you can't outrun
2: physical pain. Yeah, it's not under your control. It's not right, under your you control. Right, but you will try to
0: cover it up. I mean, to me, that sounds like a foreign concept. That would be, I would have to think about that a lot to embrace my pain because it doesn't right. seem natural. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And,
5: I, um, and you know, if I was just sitting here with no experience just saying that, I would, I would probably change the channel. But I have <laughs> experienced horrible pain for five years and I couldn't do anything about it other than just accept it. And really try to detach from it a little bit through meditation.
0: Now, what's the name of your your clinic again? It's called Mindful Therapy. All right. So, if someone called and they said, "Um, I'm having anxiety attacks, Uh, I'm depressed, I'm just, I'm really stressed out, what do I do? I mean, if they come in, I want to come see you. What do you do with someone who's walking in the door with those kinds of problems? First
5: and foremost, I'm a clinical psychologist. So, I, you know, practice. psychology. And, um, you know, I want to meet the needs of my patients. I always tell every patient that they are my boss. I want to hear what they want to talk about. Um, So I provide just a place for them to kind of feel out and look at their feelings and look at their life in an objective way. Um, but I also really want to get them started on some practicing some new coping skills. And mindfulness is one of those coping skills that I really try to get my patients involved. In. So it's not
2: an either or it's a compliment to traditional Absolutely. psychology.
5: Yes. It's um, if I could have a prescription pad, I would just write a prescription for a mindfulness practice. <laughs> um, and if it, if I see my client is, you know, um, a little bit younger, we'll use an app or we can use, um, you know, the adult coloring books are so popular now. I see those all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful way to kind of start at least sitting still and not being into your phone.
0: Well, we thank you so much for being here. Just fascinating. Clinical psychologist, Dr. Megan Clapton. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoyed it.
2: It was a great show. Thank you.
0: Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. It's funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White, our call screener Liz Gill. For for Dr. Allie Brown, who's in for Dr. Michelle Owens, I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us again next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned, NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.
1: Is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good.
7: To-